Welcome to the Future of Work, broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio inside the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center, where we will discuss how and where people work in entrepreneurial, nonprofit, and small business industries with your hosts, Kyle McIntosh and Al Loveland. Welcome, everybody, to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Future at Work podcast. My name is Al Loveland, and I'm here with the great Kyle McIntosh. We have two amazing guests today. Rosalind, I, I always have a tough time with your last name, if you can say it so I don't butcher it on there. Cristinelli. Cristinelli? Yes. Just for anybody who doesn't know Rosalind, she's kind of like Madonna, you know, that she's just like that first name and stuff like that. So <laughs> I only know her as Rosalind, you know, so the, the back names, last name's superfluous. And, <laughs> and then Casey, who's another first or first name, Casey Pankhauser. Pankhauser, yeah. yes. I always go back and always, always say it's Casey it. Pankhauser, yes. And uh, we got Kyle here, and I know Kyle McIntosh here with us. And the uh, the title of today's is Conversations Over Puzzles. I want to take a couple brief seconds to kind of talk about the premise of this. When people are looking for a place to work, I know when I worked here as an entrepreneur, you only see the cost. You see a bill coming in every month. I got to pay X number of dollars a month for a desk, and all you can see is that going out of your account every month. But one thing in, in a co-working space is that what you miss is the opportunity. Um, people aren't going to come knocking on your door when you're working from home to have a great opportunity for you to be able to expand your business, gain knowledge, see things that you hadn't seen before. And one of the great things about, about working around entrepreneurs in, in our co-working space is that you run into a ton of people that have great ideas things that you've never seen before, and together you can create these great opportunities. And today we've got a great story of a great opportunity that happened over a conversation, over a puzzle that we have here. So it's like people that you haven't met before. And so um, first what we want to do is go back and we want to introduce our guests and take me a little bit of your background. And what I like to do is to take us from, you know, kind of like you're forming things from college and high school and Take us to, to how you've gotten here, just l- a little bit of your background so our, our people can kind of get to know us. So, Rosalind, take us on do that you, journey. You do know that I'm almost 60 years old. From college, that's a long story. <laughs> well, do what? a Cliff Notes version. Why are you here sitting <laughs> yes. here today? Yes. <laughs> so, um, so I was actually a um, librarian by training, and I went to graduate school in the United States. But about 14 years ago that I became a real estate agent because my second child was born and a difficult late life pregnancy and made me a stay-home mom. And I got really, really bored. I cannot do the stay-home mom things, trust me. So uh, I, you know, I got into real estate and then the whole thing is just a history. So right now, 14 years later, I have my own business. I'm an owner of my own real estate brokerage. We do residential, commercial, and property management, everything. What got you here to Max 6? So I met Kyle at the Good Business Summit. That's before COVID. I lose track of all of this stuff, but yes, I do remember that. Yeah, Yeah. in 2019. Uh, So if people don't know about Good Business Summit, it's a conference put together by Local First Arizona, and I'm a big fan of Local First. I think I talked to Scott, Kyle's dad, and love the concept. 
And so I've been a fan. And so as soon as the COVID hit and we all working from home, I actually is thinking like when my husband started working from home, I can't well, not wait to get out of my home office. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I ended up at Max 6. Okay. And probably, I would say, outside of Kyle, the person who's most tenured here at Max 6 right now is you, Casey. So take us, because you've been here, left, and, and been back again. So take mm-hmm. us through your journey. Yeah. So I ended up at Max 6. I work for SciTech Institute. We're a STEM education nonprofit focusing on really connecting people around STEM, whether it's business, school, libraries, nonprofits. And when I first started with SciTech, we technically had an office we shared with our partner organization, the Tech Council in downtown Phoenix. Um, but it was a bit of a hike. The four, three of the four employees at SciTech at the time all lived in the East Valley. And so we were kind of squatters. We uh, hung out at University of Advancing Technology, which they're still a sponsor of ours. They're amazing. Um, and we would use that as our workspace, but we didn't really have like an office space. And then I think Jeremy met Kyle somewhere. I don't know. And this was like in 2017, 2017. That, that was at the good, good business. Side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Time. Good square. So, yeah. So we've been here since I think 2017. Yeah, I my background is I kind of say I've had three careers. So I have a pre-veterinary career where I did like vet clinics, animal handling, animal husbandry. And then I have a like research career, biology, so environmental science and animal behavior and then with SciTech, I sort of had these two careers trying to figure out what I wanted to do next and found a STEM outreach position with SciTech as an AmeriCorps VISTA. And I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I was like, yeah, I like science and I think other people should like science. And now I've been here for seven and a half years almost. It's interesting as we're sitting here in an entrepreneurial center. That's what we call this place, right? And I was, I was thinking about this last night. Background starting out librarian or uh what, what was a degree in library science yes casey i didn't realize how funny the joke is i've said i've been saying about my sister the whole time that she's like me but smarter with the degrees and a whole sort of ologies <laughs> um, you have a degree in all sorts of ologies <laughs> <laughs> and al history major and me marketing and somehow our curiosity has led us all to this place that, hey, we want to help people. We think we can do something. We're interested in, and uh, look, business is a cool way that you can do that and and create more reach. It's, it was just an interesting thing I was thinking about last night. Yeah, I used to say that my history degree, like that and 60 cents would get me a Coke at the time. So it was pretty <laughs> useless. But anyway, but that's great because it's, it's the one thing here is that there's so many people from so many different backgrounds that you run into. And so before we get into the, to the main topic, take us through like your day-to-day here. And this is when, especially with Rosalind, is it's sometimes she's not a realtor. She's a professional puzzle maker. So <laughs> take us through your passion of puzzles and then the different things that you, you whip around. So Yeah, I'm actually trying to await from puzzle because uh, as Al said that I can easily be a member of Puzzle Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> because once I started getting into something, I am the kind of person that I would just be so focused and be in it. And I have this huge tolerance of anything physical uncomfortable. 
so I can be there forever. <laughs> you know, I can get my back might be hurting after <laughs> a while, um, or I probably be missing lunch, but I am going to get that puzzle <laughs> solved. <laughs> so that's probably why usually I walk past puzzle. I try not to get near it, but <laughs> if I get one piece, then um, I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, the reason why I bring that up is there is another person here at Max 6 that's like that, and that's Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Can you pronounce his last name? I think I butchered that too. Babender. Babender. And Jeremy's always there. You, you go over look, he's looking at the thing, he's, he's working on the puzzle. He takes his conference calls at the puzzle. He, he's there, <laughs> he's there talking with people, he's, he's chatting with people, he's working on the puzzle. One day, you and Jeremy got together right. around the puzzle and started having that conversation. Take us through that chat. Yeah, so I was working on the puzzles, and then Jeremy was working. It's so great to have somebody to do the puzzle with you because you can carry a conversation at the same time. And then so so we would just start chatting about, you know, businesses, um, what I'm doing and what he's doing. And then I have a question about Tech Council, Arizona Technology Council, because I've been trying to get in touch with women in technology and networking with all the new tech companies coming into Phoenix because this whole semiconductor industry, manufacturing industry moving into this area, that's a great opportunity for for me as a realtor, you know, a lot of newcomer from my home country. I'm from Taiwan, by the way. So I would just like, hey, tell me about the people that are involved in the technology council and things like that. And then um, I mentioned about the Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturing. And then Jeremy said, oh, by the way, we are doing a program with them. <laughs> and then so that's so just like, oh, great, what's that? And then we'd say we are doing, a, you know, Casey is working on this project with them. Maybe you will check with Casey. So that's just bringing it together. And then while we are talking about real estate and everything in general and the debt technology council, and then somebody else sitting about 10, 20 feet away <laughs> heard that. And then was really funny that I asked Jeremy one time, I say, Jeremy, how do you stop <laughs> putting the puzzle together. He said, usually because I have a meeting. <laughs> so I have to go because I couldn't stop. So the person that overheard our conversation about real estate and then came up to the puzzle table and said, hey, do you have some time? I have some questions for you. And that was, so I turned to Jeremy. I said, hey, I got a meeting. <laughs> have to go. So that's opened up another business opportunity for me in addition to the connection with the Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturing, the project with Casey. So Casey, take us from when um, when Rosalind approached you and had you guys talked before and and take us through that. But, 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 but again, being here for a while, you've had a lot of connections and just take us through like the connectivity that you have when you work here. Yeah, um, I'll do I'll do sort of high high level first for the connectivity, and then dive into the project. So while we were sitting here thinking about, it, I was like trying to tally up all the people that we've collaborated with at Max Six. Um, Karen, obviously, James has been our photographer for a lot of events. Ben has helped us with some tech stuff. 
there's a guy who's relatively new here who works for Salesforce, and we've had some Salesforce questions that we've just lobbed over to him. Yeah, we've we've collaborated with with quite a few people around Maxx, which has been awesome. So for the the project with Rosalind, um, a while back when TSMC first started building, they approached us, and and I wasn't a part of the initial conversations, but essentially it was like all these Taiwanese families are coming here. You know, obviously STEM is a big deal for a semiconductor manufacturing company. Um, let's figure out a way to engage these families and also build sort of community connectivity with the Taiwanese families and then the American families. And so the cool thing about STEM, I think, is that there's sort of root passions in STEM that are really cross-culturally similar, right? Like the 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 drive to tinker, I think, is something that that all people really love. I think all people are really interested in like going outside and looking at bugs and sticks, building things, whether it's out of blocks or mud. Like there are these things that are really fundamental to STEM that are really part of sort of the general human experience. And so having these these students who maybe don't speak English, you know, we, we sort of spent some time coming up with different ways to connect them with the American peers over STEM. So there's some other stuff we did, but the big part that Rosalind jumped in was we wanted to put on this STEM event. So the idea was that it would be an event that all the Taiwanese families were invited to and also all of the like community and that there would be a bunch of exhibitors who would come and like share hands-on STEM activities. But the piece that was, I think, the, the most exciting and the piece that like really Rosalind made it happen was we wanted to do a like a STEM challenge, an on-site STEM challenge. So you think about bringing these people together, right? A lot of them probably don't speak the same language. And so like, you know, the instructions have to be pretty clear. It can't be a super complicated project. Like, what do you have these people do? And so we came up with Legos. And we we're like, Legos is something that you, you know, you can collaboratively build something with Legos, kind of like building something with puzzles that like, you don't necessarily need to verbally communicate to, to do something like that. Um, and so the great thing was that, you know, obviously Rosalind speaks Mandarin. And so that was super helpful for, you know, helping translate some of the stuff and getting the word out to the Taiwanese families. She also, we basically pooled our Legos. So I mm-hmm. went and got my Legos from my parents' house and Rosalind brought her Legos and we pooled our Legos. So we had enough for all of the students to, to build stuff. Um, and then, you know, what's a good competition without prizes? And Rosalind not only generously sponsored the prizes, but also found them and had a really good idea to get those like cool STEM kits like KiwiCo or like these other STEM kits that you can get for kids, I think was just like the best idea because I was really struggling to come up with something. So she found all the cool STEM kits and bought them and then helped with the award ceremony. So yeah, she really had a part to play in a lot of it and brought a photographer. I brought a photographer from my score business owners forum, a volunteer for his time. And also that I think I recruit about 10 or more volunteers Mm -hmm. that's bilingual so they can help with all the activities and the translate for the Taiwanese family. That's so cool. My, My favorite thing about life is when people accidentally learn something. (laughs) <laughs> and that's that's sort of how they really, really learn something. And I, I think about that, the puzzle as an example. It's just sitting there, but like these real conversations come out because you're not in the middle of your head 
thinking about what you should be like. It's just this thing comes out and this idea happens, these connections happen. Either way you look at it with the uh, Taiwanese families that are coming here and there's the STEM education part of it and there's the community connection part of it. Like either way, whatever someone's motivated by, they're getting access to the other one accidentally in quotes. It's such a wonderful thing that you guys are doing and just thinking about thinking through this and what the real impact is going to have on the families and kids and STEM support in Arizona. I want to make a comment. Al thought I was not working when I was doing puzzle. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, you know, being a business owner, if when you are not working means you are not getting any income. (laughs) For real estate agent, we earn by commission. Nobody's paying us by the hours. So the hours we spend on puzzle, Al thought that was worried about that I'm going to go bankrupt by spending too much time on the puzzle. That's the old productivity part of me. Like, why aren't you working? Anyway. <laughs> the great thing about this is, and I want to go back to the, to the beginning about, about people thinking about the costs of like renting a desk versus the opportunity that you have when you're here. One thing we're trying to do here at MaxX is to have more connections with people. A lot of times, too, when people think about networking, you know, they think about someone trying to have that awkward conversation. Let's have lunch. <laughs> and they go back, and if I had that before, and with them, and then the third question said, have you ever thought about trying X product or B product? You're like, oh, my goodness. And uh, what I thought was so delightful about this was that it wasn't anything like that. It was more of an organic conversation where you talked about interest and then great things come of that. Take us through, like, other conversations that you've had with people here that you necessarily wouldn't have in a coffee shop or any stories that you've had that that have struck with you um, through time? Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is like seven years, six years of stuff, right? Um, yeah. I'm like have a little Rolodex in my head right now. <laughs> um, oh, man. I mean, there's, there's so much. I think, um, you know, Ben is a great example of... Um, you know, someone who who early on automated his job, basically, so he could come around and sort of see what other people were doing. We've sort of benefited from him talking about his interests in AI um, and, and us sort of learning about using those as, product, as productivity tools. His kid was also a chief science officer in our program, our STEM ambassador program, which was really cool. The Tiger Mountain Foundation, like we've sort of, you know, there's someone that we have in our little Rolodex of like, like farming education, gardening education now, which is really awesome. There's so many. <laughs> okay. Just to jump in real quick, because I had forgotten about this, but as it goes, it relates to this question. Random, but far back connection to connection to connection. Sandra Watson, who mm-hmm. is the CEO of the Arizona Commerce oh, Authority, who is your parent organization or you're the foundation of or there some somehow jeremy also works for them okay <laughs> okay affiliated with yes they're an affiliate yeah I, i've known her since i was five and she moved to arizona from canada to work for my dad's company and so oh. just these connections that are from all over the world and all over time and all over this that it's just a fascinating thing that hey, the constellation connected again later on, and how cool is that? There was a guy I met at the Tiger Mountain Foundation, the the big event that happened a couple of years ago, sort of the grand opening sort of thing. And I was chatting with him, and he ended up going to my high school. 
And I mean, you know, there's not, I don't meet very many people who've gone to my high school. It's in North Phoenix. It's not a very um, prestigious or well-respected school. And so you just, you don't hear people who've gone there. And I was like, oh, cool, right. It's fascinating. It is. Yeah, and then I want to say that when I get a desk from Max 6, I was just trying to escape the home environment. <laughs> but it, I actually found out that I not just rent a desk, I am actually got into a community. You know, it's not just a desk. It's a community mm-hmm. of great people working here. And uh, like my connection with SciTech to the Taiwanese Semiconductor, and then I have clients here, right, <laughs> that have people like a desk away became my clients purchased their first home. And then I have other people come in and ask me real estate questions and about real estate investments. I held a workshop here and the um, SCORE Business Owners Forum used this place as a home. And then from doing puzzle, talking about um, real estate, people overheard what I do. And then I was able to refer people to structure properties because the, my clients happen to be moving to Bay Area and needing mm-hmm. a rental. So those connections, sometimes like a chain reaction, you can yeah. just like tr- keep track back five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And those are going to be the business I am going to have for the years to come. So sustain me till I retire, I guess. Yeah, I think too, like, you know, you're talking about, you know, I just came here for a desk to escape the home office. You know, thinking about like office culture, right? Like there's there's parts of office culture that, you know, I think people like. Like there's the social aspect, there's the connections aspect. But the nice thing about being in a co-working space is you don't actually work with most of the people here. So like, you know, I think if you're at an office and you work with everybody, right, there's a little bit of this undertone of like, if you're talking over the water cooler, like there's this sort of maybe undertone of like, you know, oh, this person didn't, you know, answer my email or like whatever it is, right? Like there's there's all of the stresses that come with a workplace and and sort of the how workplace dynamics sort of affect interpersonal relationships in a company. And like, you don't have that. You have all the good things about being in an office space and all of the the good social dynamics and all the connections and the water cooler and all of that. But like, you don't have any work obligations to any of the people who are not part of your company, which makes, I think, making these genuine connections so much easier. That's a great point. You know, and there's issues with that too, but every single time it makes me laugh because I'm like, that's that, I'm just glad that person exists because that makes the world go around. And <laughs> all of these different types of people that, whether it's somebody that can help you get into a new business that you're trying to get into and make more money towards retirement, or just somebody that is interesting to talk to. And Ben, for example, could be both. <laughs> I, I think of both of, uh, actually, everyone in this room as, uh, My favorite author is Stephen King. I love reading Stephen King. I love reading fiction. And I find myself getting more out of it a lot of times than reading even business books because of the extrapolation of the ideas. And whether it's watching a, uh, what is it, spotted striped gecko (laughs) eat a worm the other day, or Rosalind, the the conversations we've had about, uh, like, what is 
brokerage real estate look like in in commercial real estate going forward or it's it's a really interesting place to be that uh yeah I'm, no one's beholden to each other but it's like this think tank in a way of just as long as you're curious and and ask questions and learn from each other hey that lizard didn't eat that worm right away it sort of wandered around it. I wonder what the uh, dynamic was that's going on there. What could, how could I take that and think about the psychology of how this space works and what's somebody else's worm and how do I get them to eat it? <laughs> what's your worm? New opening line. Yeah. And the one thing about the great connections, but I do have to say that, you know, one thing that Rosalind said, that the great things about having Rosalind here, there are some detractions of having Rosalind here. And that is... <laughs> And that is sadly when I step on the scale some days after she brings in her treats as her uh, as her marketing plugs. I'm always like I always curse her when I go down and I say, oh, no. And I see a box of donuts or over <laughs> the summer. Yeah. Or over the summer, she had um, ice cream sandwiches. And so she's very kind. And except when I was I can remember when I was the only person here some days and there was a box of donuts sitting there. I was like. Damn you, Ruth. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. This is a PG show. But the donuts were good. If they're ever not here on a Thursday, yes. I was going to be mad. That's though. right. That's right. But it's a great thing because it's because it's something. And what I'd love to hear, and again, a lot of people listening to this, and they think about conversations, they always think about you know, those MLM conversations, about someone trying mm-hmm. to sell you something here. And, you know, we mainly, you know, we, we nip that in the bud pretty quick, but like, it's those organic conversations and like with a realtor and things like that. Take me through like, like how a lot of your conversations start. And like when you start saying you get clients here, how does it organically flow? Like for like, and things you start talking and then people, is it trust that's built first? Like at the conversations you have with somebody and then they come to you second or, you know, how do those things flow I think along? the fact that, that they see you here day in and day out and they are you actually are working and then you conduct yourself properly <laughs> you know you treat people nice and uh, being a good citizen in this space and then people pay attention to those kind of things and um and i always tell the people i other agent i mentor um when i serve in the realtors associations and and I, they always say, why do you choose me for the, this leadership position? I say, because you show up. Hmm. And you show up and you help. So it's, you don't have to say much or do the sales pitch. Just the fact that you are here and then you are kind, you are helpful, and you are curious about other people. That's just like, I think... Kyle and I are up there about our curiosity. When I was in Tempe Leadership, they gave me a Curious George Award in the end. <laughs> because I always asking questions and all my classmates, they are ready to leave. And I'll call it done. And I'm still asking question after question. So it's like just... No, you, you're curious about people. You want to know what they do, what they care about, what do they like. And so, and then that I think I want to say that even though I'm a realtor, I will always be a librarian at heart. And that's how I serve my clients. So did that answer your question? I feel like. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. 
Now, Casey, um, you were part of what I think one of our more successful things that we did here at Max 6 from a, a community networking piece. And that was, if there was anything that I really disliked that the, uh, the COVID um, thing was, was that it really put a damper on our kickball team. Yes. <laughs> um, we had a great group of people together um, that kind of formed that, Eddie, you said, uh, people that worked here. Take me through your feelings on that and like the community that was built, but also the friendships that you built through that here, you know, versus that if you worked in an office or something like that, that wouldn't happen outside of that. Yeah. So the Kickball League, I, I've emailed them multiple times, the downtown Tempe. Downtown Tempe Authority, if you're listening to this, we want kickball back. So, yeah, the, the Kickball League was formed with a bunch of folks from Max 6. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's fun because some of them are people that you maybe see in the office, but maybe don't like necessarily, you don't take lunch at the same time or whatever. And so it was really fun to have a chance to connect outside of work. And then the, you know, I think the best part is coming back to the office the next day and having stories about, you know, oh, hey, you know, there's our home run guy, right? Like, um, you know, and, and I think it brought a lot of that, that team dynamic really back to the office too. Yeah. I think that like, one of the things that you read about in the culture um, is that piece of loneliness that people have. And, you know, like when you work from home and I think that Rosalind said is like when you're at the place, especially for myself, I was a, a single entrepreneur that worked in my house. And I remember um, for me to kind of get out of the house, I used to go to the Tempe Public Library. I remember I went there the first mm-hmm. time and back to the library and I said, it might be me and, and two other librarians, but I was shocked down at the, down there that, that there was a ton of people. And then I came here and and part of it was it was just that personal interaction that you had with people because sometimes, you know, when you're, you know, you're single or, you know, you're a solopreneur or you have a couple of people you work with, it's having that community and, and that team around you that, that that you get that, you know, that feeling. And what's great here is, is that you're able to talk to people for a couple of minutes, you know, Ben back in the day may have been 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> um, but like, uh, Part of it is, is that you're able to kind of come into a place and work with like-minded people that that come in and work hard and you're able to kind of share those stories and it makes you feel a lot better, you know, because a lot of times people, people get home and they, you know, they, they work home. And I was reading things where they're getting out and driving around the block, you know, just to be able to get out of the house and, and just having that feeling of, of um, being able to check with people. And then Rosalind, uh, take us through your journey with uh, our person over at the gym, Scott, working out over there. And and then also some of the work that Scott's doing with your, uh, your, uh, my child. your child. Yes. <laughs> my, my, um, handful child. Yes. Yeah. So, um, one thing about, um, Scott usually say that to get people to motivate it to work out in the gym is really the convenience, right? If it's not convenient, you're not going to show up. For me, my time is really, really, um, because I, I'm involved in so many things. Uh, I have, I volunteers for multiple organizations. I hold leadership position in my realtor associations. Plus, I have a business and I have a 14 years old. The fact that I can work out and for Scott at the gym to have a great program for me and I got everything done in and out in 30 minutes. So that that's wonderful. And then I can take a shower and get back to my desk. 
so I don't have to struggle juggling several things. So, and then the other thing is, uh, I will not work out for me myself. But if I have an appointment with Scott, I will hate to fail him. <laughs> then I will show up. That's just me. It's like always. Sometimes I feel bad. I put other people first, but that's just so I will get used that to trick myself to do things for me. And then、uh, Scott has a great program. When、um, I went to Yellowstone in the summer, I was so happy. I spent several months before that with Scott because I could do that ten mile、uh, hike, and then or going down to the Canyon Trail, drop seven hundred feet <laughs> down there, and then be able to get up. I did have to stop a couple times, but I was able to get up. It was just very, very beneficial. Now my son, he has been a swimmer. However,、uh, ever since he found his competitive edge, he probably get too passionate and he he swam too much. He's another person that who can swim for one and a half hours nonstop, like me doing puzzle.、Yeah. <laughs> so so he、um, injured his shoulder. So we have to not kind of pull him back. And then again,、um, being a social kid, it's like it's how boring it is doing the physical therapy on your own, right? So I enlist Scott's help. Say that's and then Scott's turned out also to be a very good mentor. And you know, for a teenager, you always struggle with things. At home, you have power struggle with your parents, and at school, you have power struggle with your classmates and your teachers, right? So you you. Scott is wonderful to be another person right there. They will listen and give him advice that's not from his teacher or his parents. Scott plays that role with me too, and gives me advice all the time when I'm acting up. <laughs> right. So I think my my child, my 14 years old, love hanging out at Max Six.、Uh, I hope that Kyle is not going to charge me for another desk. <laughs> It's been. It's been. I hadn't thought about that before, but it's been so fun watching kids grow up here over the years. When Chrissy first got here and Tarek was twelve,、mm-hmm. I saw him at dinner the other night. I was like, well, "You're a full-grown man now. What? <laughs> what happened?" Yeah, like I. No, I'm not going to charge anything. Come in, kids. Come learn from everybody. <laughs>、uh, it's such a cool thing to see that、uh, they're exposed to so many different ideas, or or someone like Scott who can play a role in their life. And it's yeah, I love it. I just this is、uh, you know speaking of our children,、um, my dog comes into the office and it's her favorite thing like every week.、Um, and that's a, when you were talking about like how did these organic conversations start? It's either my dog, our leopard gecko, or our mascot is out, or our robot is out. So that's not really. I was thinking like that's not really、um, utilitarian advice for for people to get a conversation started because not everybody has. A dog, a lizard, a mascot, and a robot. So, like, I understand that that might not be your your approach. Puzzles is a good one, but I was thinking, and I had totally forgotten about this until we were talking about sort of you know, Maxix stories. So, gosh, it must have been twenty eighteen. It was the summer, and I was getting ready to leave, and I locked Emma in the car, and it was like July, and we were in the parking lot, and I was losing my mind. Like basically, the whole office came out to help me. So like somebody had a little like window jig, jig with the jig that he tried to like 
make out of something else. Um, and someone else like, you know, helped me call the, the fire department and like somebody else helped me to not smash my windows because I was ready to smash my windows. And so like, yeah, there's probably like 10 people who, who over the course of like the fire department coming and letting my dog out, um, you know, were part of the rescue mission. So Max X saves lives. That's, that's the moral of that story. That's not approved by the FDA, but yes, I'll, I'll let you, that's, that's a statement we, you could say. Uh, so I have a question for both of you. And Rosalind, I heard you say uh, it was really out of boredom that all of this new venture started. Let's say I don't accept that answer. Okay, I get it. Boredom leads to, curiosity leads to, but for both of you, there's a lot of, I think people think of business, especially as it's in the media and things now, as like this personal endeavor that is about gaining resources for oneself. But I look at both of you when where you spend your time and how you get your success. And it's really not just by serving others, but by creating community, being a part of these communities. And I'm curious where that where that comes from, because you like it. Is it something that like you grew up with and you saw success from that early in life? Is it, I mean, I'm so curious about that. That's all Max 6 is, is like this building is just a box that people come to, but it's all about the community of communities of people that are here. I love it because it's like my own puzzle. How do these things connect so that they can create a greater whole? But where, where does that uh, drive come from for both of you? I just I had I just imagined you were like Max X is a box and I imagined we were all cats like you know how cats have to fit sit inside the box I think I don't know I I I went to a Montessori school in elementary school and I think that's part of it is like Montessori is really like my school really focused on the importance of community um, I also just think that like I don't know a life without other people is not really a life worth living like we fundamentally rely on each other and. Yeah, I, I think that like the more the more people I meet and the more people I get to work with, like the more I learn and the more I grow. And I don't know. Yeah, I think we ultimately we all rely on each other. And for me, it's really because I'm an immigrant. Mm -hmm. I came to this country when I was 25. I knew nobody in the United States. I was the only person in my family to come here. And just because I wanted to be the best librarian that you can ever be. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> so I came here um, with two suitcases. That's it. And then, um, then I never left. <laughs> so because I'm the only person in my family, and then um, I didn't choose to go to California or New York City where you have tons of Chinese, um, Taiwanese community there, big community right there, you know, because I just want to experience the United States, a different cultural, that curiosity part is. So I deliberately avoid those groups, but then I also find out I will be by myself. So I have to create my own community. You know, real estate is a very cutthroat business and everybody knows realtors and they have family members. They are realtors. I have no family members here. And then so I really have to create my own. So that immigrant experience also teach me that for me is really to reach out other people for help. It's a survival skill. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because when I was in the library, I couldn't, you know, the story that Casey shared about how people help her here in Max 6, that's me when I was working back in the library for 20 years. When I have any kind of family emergency, I was, I could be homeless one day if my um, supervisor at the library didn't take me into her house. And then that was, you know, that incident, it was totally no fault of myself and just something happened to me. And then, so, um, so it's again, um, now for me, it's just really the survival instinct right there. And um, somebody once told me that you are raised by strangers because I've been in this country f- since I was 25. And to get to where I am right now is I won't be here without all the kindness from other strangers. And that's why I just want to do it for other people. Like I know how difficult it is for the TSMC families to be totally uprooted from their home and then be in this country, even though they have company there, but the work is really, really stressful. They might not have the time to have everything all sink in and really settle in this culture and be there for their own well-being. And that's why I want to be there for them. That's awesome from both of you. And I think these are the story. These are the business stories of real business, right? It's it. It's not usually about that. It's about me. It's about how can I serve these other people because of who helped me before, of because I see a willingness and ability to connect all these things. I mean, that's real business right there. What you guys are talking about. That's it's so awesome. Yes, yeah, the kind of business. And then, Rosalind, you also have um, a talent. And one of our big projects for next year is the uh, one of our conference rooms that we call the library. Hmm. Take us to a little bit of your passion of books and the books that you have in there and the things that you like to read and how that connection with people that, that you're able to talk to about those passions as well. Yeah, I really, it's not the person who started it. Scott has that bookshelf up there in the second floor before in the co-working space. And you don't know how many times I go there and read all the titles. I have this habit. If I go to your house and I will spend like probably a good 20 minutes reading what kind of books you have there. (laughs) I study everybody's libraries and their home. And then so it's almost like Kyle reading fiction. I read the book titles (laughs) so I get to know you that way. And then so when the bookcase is moving to the little room right next to our desk, I'm just like, oh, great. I can fill up all the shelves that's empty. (laughs) So that's how that started. Um, One interesting story. um, When I grew up, there was only two books in my house when I was a kid um, because my family was so poor. We couldn't afford anything. And I didn't also realize that my mom is illiterate. I didn't know that until I was... 40 years old. And um, so so there was no book and I love reading. And so when the neighbor kids gave me two boxes of books, I was so happy. Guess what I did? I put it in front of the driveway. We don't have a driveway because I'm from Taiwan, but it's kind of like a driveway. You put two boxes of books there and a couple stool there. I call all the neighborhood kids <laughs> To come and sit down and read. Oh. And I was probably second grade. <laughs> <laughs> Librarian in the making. Yeah, just because, you know, I love reading. That's my escape from uh, all the problem we have at home. Okay. And Casey, with something that came out in the news yesterday that I'm curious about, and 
you talk about some of your experiences where they talked about the math scores dropping down, dropping down. What things do you kind of see like culturally and in, in, in your interaction with kids and things like that and the lessons that you've learned, you know, from working as an ambassador, um, you know, yeah. in these, ad- like the last seven years have been pretty interesting with, with kids and things like that. <laughs> For sure. I think the biggest thing tying back to this conversation is schools need community just as much as people do. Funding for education has been a huge issue in in Arizona for a while. And so, you know, a lot of these schools, they really don't have a lot of funding for things like, you know, really well built out libraries or, you know, whatever it may be. And I think especially teacher materials. Right. And there's so many stories of teachers and schools being able to get materials, get new equipment, get, you know, school gardens. And then also, you know, the kids being able to get real life experience and seeing how the things they're learning in school connect to, you know, real life. And and yeah, more and more, I think schools rely on community as much as individuals do. And so, um, you know, for the math thing, I think one of the great things about STEM as an acronym, right, like science, technology, engineering, math is I was a big nerd. I am a big nerd. I really liked math. I thought math was great. I was going to double major in it or going to minor in it. And somebody told me it would ruin my GPA and not to do it. So um, I didn't. And that was very sad. But when I, went, when I went back to grad school, I got to take some more math classes and it was really fun. But for most people, math is like, you know, what? why, why does this relate to anything? Um, and so I think really on the forefront of of the the educational minds that I get to work with and really the educational leaders, right? Like I don't have a formal background in education. It is building not only the community around the school, but really building sort of the like network of connections for the students to understand how all the things that they're learning in school relate to each other and relate to the outside world. Um, so I think moving forward, you know, um, there's a lot of projects around um, pairing teachers with community partners. Like, you know, if you're going to teach a math class, have an architect come in and talk about, um, you know, how they use math in their job. There's also schools that are starting team teaching models. So rather than having, you know, like your seven classes and each one is a separate teacher, you have, or for, I guess, more for elementary school, you have a, a, a team of teachers that are working together. And so I think we talk about how Arizona is sort of low in terms of educational attainment in terms of standardized scores. But I really think that we have some of the most innovation in public education of anywhere in the country. I mean, we just have people doing really, really amazing things, and it's based in community. Yeah, one of the big things that I remember over the past few weeks was, um, you know, there's rather than the around the water cooler when you when you're in, it's gather around your dog <laughs> and, and having those chats there. And uh, Ben's son Helix was in and was sitting down and. One of the things that you find, like you're saying before, about teenager and about community is, is that sometimes they're, you know, they're always got a frown on their face or they're sad or they're not really engaged. And I remember when I walked by and I looked down, it was a completely different kid. <laughs> Big smile on their face. They were happy. Um, you know, it was like, you know, he looks a lot of times and you're, you're tired and stuff like that, t- t- typical teenager. But that day, because there's around people that, that you're in that community, around like-minded people, around something that you're passionate about. It was such a nice thing to notice because it was like the one thing that you hardly ever see is a smile <laughs> and a beaming smile that that was there because you were around people. And that's so huge, especially when you're beginning to grow up, because it's like 
it's finding people that have that similar passion to you. You're able to share those things. And that's one big thing we like to be here is to kind of connect people because one of the things is like, I might not know, but I know somebody who does. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big things that we want to kind of do here as a connector and to be able to kind of work through those things because it was a, it's a beautiful thing. And and again, you see a lot of, um, a lot of those great things that happen in here. So we're getting close to the end of our hour. So uh, what I'd like to kind of do is just to get some final thoughts and take us through your, um, you know, where we can find some of the information about you, your, your website. And uh, go ahead, Casey, go first. Yes. Final thoughts. No thoughts, only vibes. Good vibes. <laughs> um, that's a lot of pressure. A final thought, right? I'm like, I have too many thoughts and none of them justify being final. So SciTech Institute, you can find us at SciTechInstitute.org, um, at SciTech Institute on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, we have the SciTech Festival coming up. So um, if you go on our website, you'll find partner organization STEM events, most of them free, happening all around its state for the next three, four months. Yeah, connect with us. And for me, being a realtor, if you couldn't find me online, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so you can always reach out to me by search my name. I'm Rosalind Cristinelli or my company, Reliance First Realty. And my email address, my cell phone number is all up there. And this day, I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. And so I have a LinkedIn profile too. Just I, I answer all of them. Um, I might not get to it right away, but you know I will usually take time to clean those inboxes and then make sure I respond to everybody who reach out. I really appreciate you know even salespeople coming and make sales call. They are they are there and they are hustling, <laughs> and that's how they make a living. And so I really appreciate when people actually call the sales code. Now I'm a salesperson. I, I know what that is about. <laughs> so and how and how hard it is to taking rejection after rejection. So you know that's how people are going to I'm going to, if I'm allowed to talk about the Tempe Cares, I'm a Tempe Cares chair for 2024. So Tempe Cares is a community beautification project for uh, of 300 volunteers coming together to work on uh, a project that to make the community better. And this year we identified we will be working on the tree planting and then the, the ground keeping and the landscaping for Double Butte Cemetery. Mm. So if anybody can support us in any way, sponsorship, in-kind donation, or just help you recruit volunteer for the day, that will be the first Saturday in March, would appreciate it. I think my two words for today are uh, curiosity and community. And I appreciate the hell out of both of you guys. And I just enjoy learning from both of you every single day in these conversations. And the curiosity of a immigrant who just wanted to be the best librarian she could be. And another woman who got into the ologies because just wanted to hang out with some butterflies <laughs> and so to chase your curiosities and find your community is this has been a great conversation and thank you both thank, yeah, you. thank you both for your time it was a great i, I always sit back and i say how am i gonna fill an hour with, with, with people and we always get to the close where we're getting to the end and so thanks again and and to, to kind of close this with a final thought is, is that you never know what happens when you create a connection and especially one thing here at max six we try to create those possibilities where you can connect, talk, and create something wonderful together. So thank you all for your time and have a great day. Thank you. 
You've been listening to The Future of Work with Kyle McIntosh and Al Loveland. The business world is changing around us. Why not thrive in an environment of flexibility, growth, and community? 